I, I'm going to make a bet to Daniel right here. I know he can't respond right now, but hopefully he'll send something in. I bet you, Daniel, that the day you shot even par, And welcome back. Welcome aboard another Par Train podcast presented by Roback Performance Apparel. We'll talk about that in a second. But, Serm, welcome aboard another hey, train. It's always good to be back, Ev. This train is moving. It's moving, and we got a lot of fun <laughs> questions from around the world. We're going to get yeah. to them in a second. But first, in case you're new, welcome aboard the train. This You're probably in the right place. If your golf game's off the rails, if you're still riding the struggle bus, Par Train helps frustrated golfers. Maybe like you, enjoy the ride again on and off the course because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. The Partrain Podcast unpacks the mental game with PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, sports psychologists, everyday golfers like you. Today, we're going to answer four everyday golfer questions sent in. We'll play those in a second. And more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. Before we get to this episode... We have to thank Roback Performance Apparel, our sponsor of yes. the Par Train Podcast. Sir, you were just saying in Chicago, you know, we've been working with Roback Performance Apparel for a few years. You're starting to see them everywhere. Yeah. And it kind of goes into what we've always talked about with them, how versatile mm -hmm. th they are. I see Roback a ton just like down, you know, downtown. You see a lot of polos, a lot of vests, a lot of Q-zips. It's kind of like kind of a new work. It's kind of like a new work uniform. Yeah. Obviously, for those who or not wearing sport coats and such as anymore. But for, for the last couple of years, Ev, it was always like, you'd see somebody in rowback. We'd be like, wow, how'd you find out about these guys? What do you think? Yeah. But now they're big and there's a reason they're big. And uh, it's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm seeing rowback all the time. Obviously Chicago is a big city, but uh, I mean, everything they got is great. You know, you yeah. know, I'm a vest guy too. Seeing a lot of vests. Uh, you love the vests. I got a new vest coming, actually. Someone stole my vest off my bag. That's how good they are. I put that's a, it that's, on my that's bag. A six, that's a disgusting story. Why? That's true. So pretty much people love it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I put it, you know, I feel like golf's one of those games. You put your bag outside while you're going in. Nobody touches it. You got rangefinders in there. You got wallet in there. Yeah. You don't touch it. I put my vest on top of my, my clubs. I walked in. I come out. It's gone. That's how good this stuff is. And get this. I just got my ninth hoodie. It's on its way. I wanted a black one. Lucky number nine is what they said. Nine hoodies. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. But do you have green? Because we have the Masters I do. coming up. Okay, you I do. do have green. Speaking okay. of that, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great segue, Serm. They've yes. got some fun new Masters. The Azalea print oh, with yeah. Azalea flowers. One, actually. Of, one of their most popular polos. That is coming out very soon. They're launching bottoms this year. I just talked to them yesterday, sir. Apparently, the shorts and joggers are coming. Jog and you know the joggers are going to be good. It's and they told me their goal is to beat Lululemon, Viore. Like you know, everything they do is they want to be the best. And so, guys, I'm I, telling you, if you've I'm listened to this show, Ev, I'm getting tired of Lululemon a little bit. Everyone's you know, it's great, sure, okay, but like. Get me some rollback joggers out of the market, and we'll just show everybody that. I want to see Cermak some you joggers. You made a mistake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got some. <laughs> yeah. I want to see it. So if you've listened to this show, you've heard us talk about rollback. They're obviously the best. What we're going to do for you is enter the code TRAIN, T-R-A-I-N, for 15% off. That's for Partrain listeners only. And guys, every person that 
buys something, Vroback usually sends us a message and said, wow, you guys weren't blowing smoke up our ass. It's not just because they're a sponsor. Like, again, I want to reiterate, we're going to have a lot of new partners coming on this show soon. Nothing we promote is something we don't love. And get yourself some Roback. Use the code TRAIN. And uh, hop aboard the Roback train. I'm telling you, it's the best. Sir, this is one of our favorite formats. We did one about a month ago. Yeah. We're doing another one because we couldn't get to all the questions a month ago. We've got four more today. And it's kind of a global mental game mailbag. We've got Welcome Scotland. Back. We've got Australia. We've got Mexico. And I think we've got a United States. Good so representation. Do we want to just dive in with the first one? I think we need to just dive in. Mental, right. me- mental game mailbag, one of my favorites. Ed. This is good. Also, did we give enough context for people that haven't listened to a mailbag before? I think we did, right? Just everyday golfers sending in questions, and both you and I unpack them to try and right. give every listener a little tidbit that can hopefully help their game, just That's in it. case. Okay. Call, call the hotline. <laughs> yeah. And all you got to do, guys, actually, I should say, email us at allaboard at thepartrain.com. Email us a voice note. That's all you got to do. And uh, once we get a few, we'll, do, we'll sprinkle these in every uh, month or two, uh, as long as you guys keep sending them in. So all aboard at thepartrain.com. Send us a voice note from your phone, and uh, we'll answer them. All right. Oh. I had to start with Paul because Paul's been a longtime listener and one of our biggest fans on Instagram, always engaging. And I'm always jealous, a little jealous of Paul because Paul lives in Scotland, one of my favorite <laughs> places, and is playing St. Andrews regularly, Prestwick, Royal Troon, yeah. you name it, guys playing it. And, Just dropping uh, the best courses, you know, like it's nothing. Yeah. And he mentioned St. Andrews in this first voice note. So I'm going to play Paul and I'm going to let you lead it off, sir. Okay. Perfect. Evan and the Partrain family. There's Paul here from Scotland. So I know you're doing mental mailbag. And what I want to know is, when the course is going to be playing really tough, how do you adapt your mental approach to suit the course that day? I played at St Andrews this morning, and it was 25 mile an hour wind. And I remember Tiger saying the first time he played at St Andrews, he played nine holes into the wind, and he turned back to come home, and the wind changed direction, he played nine holes back into the wind. When you're playing a course that's playing really tough, how do you change your approach and make your game react well to the conditions that you face. All right, thanks for the question, Paul. I mean, I'm going to let you start, term because you actually played college golf in Missouri, and yeah. not a lot of great weather. You had to play through a lot in competition. Uh, yep. So let's start with you. Yeah. yeah, the Midwest, Southern Midwest, a lot of golf in Texas, made for a lot of windy days. It's always good to have Paul call in, talk about St. Andrews. Boy, I got to get there someday with you guys. You know, Paul, in my experience with this, knowing that you're going to have a windy day, or for that matter, in Scotland, you could have a lot of rainy days too. And I actually think those sometimes are combined when it's rainy and windy. You're really in for it. But hmm. there's a couple of things you have to think about. When I know it's going to be just a really tough day, this is what, how, this is what I do. I tell myself, it's, one, it's going to be hard for everybody. Okay? There's not going to be a lot of low scores today. Not going to be a lot of birdies, you know, pars are, pars are premium, but, the but, but knowing that bogeys are going to happen. So how can I just eliminate doubles? You kind of have to have this feeling of just 
should get in trouble, <laughs> get out more than ever, you know, or, and it's not just full swing is going to be tough. Putting is going to be tough too. So I think the warm up is key, Paul. You really got to be thoughtful and strategical in your warm up. So from a full swing perspective, you, you know, for those into the wind holes, those into the wind nines, I, I work on a lot of smooth three quarter knockdowns on the range, right? You might be going a club up. You might be going two, three clubs up depending on how strong the wind is. So definitely trying to put the ball back in my stance on the range, choking up a little bit, taking an eight iron instead of a nine iron, a seven iron instead of a nine iron, and just trying to hit low knockdown three quarter shots. It's important. Um, I think that if that's not something you're good at, it's something you definitely need to work on knowing that you're going to be playing in a lot of windy conditions, especially living in Scotland. Um, I think that is really, really important. I also think, you know, you talked about downwind. So you've got to practice, get ready for maybe the back, the back nine, that's going to have a lot of downwind holes, right? So you're clubbing down, for example. So work on hitting, you know, because typically in a, a downwind situation, you like to swing hard, you know, like to swing harder and freer in an into the wind situation. You want to swing, you know, smoother. So the ball doesn't get as high. So I would just, you know, work on, you know, hitting, you know, you know, three quarter shots with, with more club. And then, then just hitting a lot of full shots on the range with, uh, with your clubs as well, because you're going to have two different fields. That's key on the warm up there. Uh, on the putting, I think this is big too. What helped me in the, it's very difficult to putt in the wind. And I always, what I would do is widen my stance when I would putt. I wrote that down day. too. Yeah. To get it, to, to get a great base. Um, and I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, on into the wind putts too, they're going to be slower. So when you're, when you're practicing before your round, you know, you're going to have to take a little bit of a bigger stroke. So you're just going to have to adjust a little bit. So you got to, you definitely got to feel that. Um, so th those are a couple preparation tips before the round. I think you got to do, um, when you're out there <laughs> and we talk about this a lot, but sometimes you just got to laugh a little more I and we don't mean to be cheesy, but you might see some things right where <laughs> you thought you had a good shot and the ball just takes off in the wind and goes somewhere. Yeah. You're going to make, and I, I have found you'll make still a lot of good swings, but we can get into that feeling where we're not making good swings because of the result, mm -hmm. right? It's just a more exaggerated result. So I would say laughing those things off, those moments are really, really important uh, when you're out there. Um, those are a couple, a couple of immediate things for me, Ev. Um, feel free to jump in here, um, but those are kind of key takeaways. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of overlap, um, so I'll hit on the points. I'll piggyback on some things, but um, let's first talk about the humor side because the first thing I wrote down when I got Paul's question was... Is it helpful to complain about being in 30 mile per hour winds for four and a half hours? Like at that point, you're in it. Why even play? Right. right? Like, so at a certain point, with the humor side, it's a great way to disarm the yep. situation, right? It's a great way to accept the situation because I actually think this question is about a little bit more than just uh, tough conditions, you know? I think it's about also the current situation you're in. What can I do to best accept that and adapt? Because think about it, Sarm, how many of us amateur players 
are fighting what is all around, right? Whether it's the conditions, whether it's the way my shots look, whether it's a shot shape. I mean, you might be trying to do the thing that you did on the range or around three weeks ago all around instead of like kind of embracing what you have that day. And that includes conditions. So, um, you know, if I'm in 25, 30 mile per hour wind, it's time to play the wind. You know, it's time to get creative and embrace it. I mean, you know, Ricky Fowler's talked about this many times, you know, grew up in Marietta, California, played Oklahoma State, talked about a lot. He's played in wind, but he talks about he loves the wind. Yeah. Oh, he loves it. Everyone else. I always thought he could be a he could win the British Open. Yeah. Everyone else gets down. You know, everyone else gets frustrated. Everyone else complains. So I would remind Paul that it's easy to complain in tough conditions. It's easy to get mad when you see a shot that doesn't match the result. What's hard and what I think is the point, one of the big points of this show is how to help people do something that's a little bit more difficult. So how do you stay even keel or feel encouraged in bad conditions? After you hit the perfect shot you wanted and the wind took it 30 yards left of where you were intended, how can you laugh and say, all right, how can I get, you know, put myself in a position to try and save bogey or par here, right? So to me, it's all about acceptance, embracing, and saying, I'm going to play a different style of golf than I normally play. To your point, sir, I'm going to choke down. I'm going to take three clubs more than I normally do. I'm going to play these little smooth, almost like pitch shots with, you know, my irons of like, you know, right. ride the because- wind, live for the wind. I breathe the wind, like say things to yourself to kind of embrace it. And you know you're going to keep the ball on the ground. You're probably not going to play a lot of high shots and wider base on the greens, to your point. And treat it as a time to play golf the way you've never played. You know? Right. Yeah, I think uh, on a windy day, the more frustrated you get, which is easy to do, obviously frustration builds tension. Tension then means faster swings. And the faster you swing, the higher the ball is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, so you really just have to have an awareness there. And then also, you know, you know, coming into the greens, you know, for iron shots, fight the wind. Be very, don't be riding the wind. So if you've got a, you know, if you've got a right to left wind coming into an iron shot, you know, and you've got trouble left, you want to try to hit a kind of a little bit more of a cut into that shot. Don't be trying to freewheel and ride those winds because if you're off by it, just an inch, disaster. Yeah. And when you fight the wind, you're making a smoother swing. You're making more of a knockdown swing. When you're riding the wind on second shots, you're aiming. If you're righty, you're aiming right, and you're trying to just rip it and you know take class club. Be very, very cognizant of that. And Paul, look, we know it's easier said than done. You know, I I know from experience. I've you know played in Scotland. I played at Royal Troon by myself. And the front nine, I'm hitting driver three wood into every hole. The back nine, I'm hitting five iron wedge into every hole, you know? And I kind of laughed, like Serm said, like the back nine was really fun because yeah. it was an entirely different experience. But how cool is that? Every hole is a different experience. Um, but I also know that it's hard to commit in the wind. 
You know, your body doesn't feel as stable. You know that if you don't hit it solid, the wind can take it a lot easier than when you hit a really pure, solid iron shot, yeah. you know? And so I think wind is a great example of like, okay, what do I have? What's the best chance I have to get this up around the green and just play the smartest high percentage shots you can make? I don't care if you're hitting a six iron into a 130 yard hole. You know, and Paul, don't be afraid to step off the golf shot. It yeah. is to have his point. It's, it's hard to commit. So get to a good place. And if you're not there, step off, commit and reload and commit. Yeah. Love it. That's another great thing is just make sure you're committing. Right. I Commitment mean, that's golf, is, in, that's golf in general. Yeah. Right. But especially but in the wind. It gets magnified on those types of days. Yeah. Great cool. Stuff, well, great Paul. question, Paul. I mean, yeah. I'm jealous. Guys sending in questions from St. Andrews, but. My favorite place in the world. Oh, but I hope that helped, Paul. There. Feel free to DM us or email us if uh, you have a follow-up. Okay. Sean from Australia. Let's go from Scotland to Australia, shall we? By the way, how Love cool it. is this? We just have this people calling in from Scotland, Australia, Mexico. I mean, how humbling is this? I'd love to play golf in Australia, too. God. Yeah. Well, I'm going to New Zealand Jesus. for the uh, my you got, honeymoon. You got Mexico, too. We got New Zealand. We got to visit the, the whole crew. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. You ready to hear from Sean? Yeah, let's do it. G'day, guys. Sean from Melbourne, Australia here. Happy to be on board the train. Love what you guys do for us golfers right from the first show I listened to. Now, me filling out my scorecard, I feel, has a negative effect on my mental state out on the course, as I can't help but add them up as I go. And that seems to put added pressure on myself throughout a round when I'm not playing so well. Also, when I'm actually playing well. Any tips to adjust those thought patterns? Cheers, guys. Enjoy. Okay. Either way, playing well, gets in his way, gets a little too excited. Playing bad, gets down on himself after looking at the scorecard. Sarum, you want to lead it off again? Thanks for calling in. That's a very, very honest observation and honest statement statements you made because, yeah, it's true. Score messes with us, right? Whether we're playing good. Right. Or whether we're playing bad, it happens with us. And I think for you, it's seen it. So, but at the end of the day, Sean, as you know, I don't want to say the game is about score, but that is what we're intended to do. Right. We've got to add them up at the end somehow. We've got to be honest. Um, I'd be curious, Sean, what you're like, you know, if you, when you go out and play and you do not keep score at all, right. Or you keep score in your head. Um, if you haven't done that, I'd go out by yourself or your buddies and just say, we're just playing to play. And I'd be very observant of what your mind is like. Right. And I think you might, and really, really take that in and reflect and think about where your mind's at, where your emotions are at. Um, no matter how you're playing. Right. Cause you said it, it seeing your score bothers you. So I would encourage you. And then what you have to do is then, okay. Oh man, I was much more freed up. I was, much more thinking about my pre-shot routine. I was thinking about my target. I was just going from next shot to next shot, not worried about the birdie I made on the last hole or the triple I made on the last hole. So I would do that. Um, and we'd like to hear more from you. I'd like to hear more from you when you do that, what you're like and how we can kind of transfer that state of emotion playing golf for score. You know, but other things, well, if you're going to play golf tomorrow and you've got to keep score, well, maybe every time you put your score, your score down, go hide the scorecard in your bag. Don't have it on the, 
don't have it on the cart, like right, you know, in front of you, like the driver's seat. So you, you have to keep looking at it. Um, I think there's something to that or put it in your back pocket, you know, so it's not, you're not constantly reminded of it or you're not constantly looking at your scores. Um, I think uh, another thing too, Ev, you know, you know, Sean, are you keeping your stats on the course? Are you keeping your putts? Are you keeping your fairways? Are you keeping your greens? Now you mm -hmm. may say, oh my God, then I'm going to be worried about all that. But I think if you're, it's good to keep your stats as you play because that's great, you know, learnings and you're seeing how you're getting better. Maybe you're uh, getting worse for the time being. But I think if you keep all that, you uh, have more, you know, kind of like less time to think about just your score, you know, and uh, it might be fun for you to kind of, track your putts right alongside track your greens and regulation alongside. And that might give you many goals as you play, right? Like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I hit four greens on the front nine, but maybe how can I find a way to hit five greens? And right. So, you know, you're in the fairway and you got a shot, but you're not going for the pin. You're just like, well, I've got to hit five greens on this back nine. I just got to hit the green. Right. And that might free you up and free up your process. So, um, Got to find a way to get you distracted in a fun way from the score. What do you think, Ev? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot here. I think a lot of people can uh, empathize and relate. Uh, one story I have, Serm, is uh, actually involves our buddy Ryan. I was uh, playing Ryan. really well one day years ago. And it was one of those front nines where I probably shot even par. Maybe one over probably made par or birdie so i was probably one over maybe even even par through like 13 or something and i remember thinking like i can't wait to call ryan after this you yeah. know or call you and um one it occurred to me that day i remember thinking you know if i shoot even par the first time which i've never done it's you know obviously as co-host of the par train I've always thought it'd be really cool to shoot even par, even ride the train all day, you know? And there's a level of expectation there. There's a lot of ego there. And, you know, just generally it'd be a cool thing to do. It'd be a cool thing to do one day. And I think I'm getting there with the short game stuff we've been talking about. But yeah. one day I realized if I call Ryan and I shoot even par, what's going to change in my life? Yeah. I think you've mentioned this to me. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. We've talked about this. Nothing. I'm not on tour. You know, the only thing that's going to change is my index. You know, my index is going right. to go down. But uh, I, I realized because I think that day I ended up shooting like a 76 or 77 or something. And I remember thinking like, I think my low score is 74. So even if I shoot a 74 or 73 or 72, versus a 76 or 77 i'm still calling ryan we're still talking about our shots i'm still saying that i played well but nothing actually changes so while i was playing it took off all the pressure because i realized i was creating this thing and making it bigger than it was i'm not saying don't have goals i'm not saying try and achieve them but in the moment i knew that i was making it a bigger thing than it needed to be and exactly. it was getting in my way of actually doing it. So I realized nothing changes. And I took some of the pressure off. Now, let's talk about the power of expectations for a second. 
I watched a video the other day that sums it up perfectly, okay? He says that ex- happiness is literally just expectations of your current reality versus the expectations of what you want and how close or far off those are. That's really what drives happiness. I'll get back to the scorecard in a second. It'll make sense. But uh, And he said, a kid in Africa gets rice can be euphoric, right? Right. A billionaire in a Michelin, three-star Michelin restaurant can be miserable if his steak isn't, his or her steak isn't cooked properly, right? So that proves that happiness and satisfaction is all based on expectations. So, Sean, that's what's happening here. You're tying yourself worth to score, and if you feel like you're a little bit off, expectations come in, you feel bad. You don't want to blow it. If you feel like you're playing really well, suddenly you get, you know, scared that you're not going to achieve it. You're going to come up short and you're going to feel like you let yourself down. It's all expectations. So what I would recommend Sean doing is what we've recommended a lot of people doing and what all of the best sports psychologists talk about that we've had on our show and what all the top, top tour pros talk about when we're on their show. We need to refocus his expectations and his scorecard practices on executional tracking, you kind of spoke to this term, instead of score. Score will take care of itself. You think Tom Brady's thinking about Super Bowls in the heat of the moment of the game or his legacy and what it'll mean? No, because he knows that that's going to get in the way of what he needs to do. If he does what he needs to do, the records, everything else will take care of themselves. So I want Sean to get excited based on his awareness work. I want him to count the number of times per round that he's thinking about his score. I want him to lower that number round after round. That's the goal. See if he can make it from 18 the first round, which is totally Mm -hmm. okay. Might be 25 to 20 to 19 to 18. Make little tallies on your scorecard. Do the same thing with commitments. The number of committed shots per round. Try and increase that, right? Right. The number of negative self-talk, try and decrease that. Pick whichever one you want to start with, Sean. But the point is, is that clearly focusing on score isn't working for you both ways. It doesn't work right. really for anyone. And no, it's great, Ev. And what, what I would say, my final thought on this is you, you've got to be focused on different things. And Sean, if you're thinking about your score so much, you're clearly not very focused on your, on your pre-shot routine. Mm-hmm. You're just not. Or the shot right? at hand, yeah. You know, and you need to go get a pre-shot routine and work on it on the driving range, on the chipping green, and just up and really obsess over that. You know, what's my target? How many practice swings do I take? Am I doing the same every time? Can I get how can I get decent at that? And if you do that, you're focused more on your process and less on the results. Yeah, I love it. I'll I'll button it up with this. We're not saying avoid thinking about score well you can't it's impossible right like let's acknowledge scores there but the power of refocusing is huge so what Cermak is saying is if you fill your mind every time with the shot at hand like tiger talked about this in some videos that have come up with his induction of the hall of fame like the guy had one gear, one speed, and he obsesses over every shot, and he's going to do that every shot until the round is done. Yeah. And 
you think he has time or space to think about score when he's obsessing over what does this lie give me? What is the conditions? Where do I want to leave it? What am I feeling today? What shot is working for me today? What gives me the best chance here? When you start focusing on that stuff and then you fo- and you count number of commitments, right? Now you're think you're tracking yourself in a whole new way and you have a friend maybe fill out your scorecard at first for you. And you look back and you're like, holy shit, I just broke 80. Right. Right. That's the challenge. But, you know, again. And it takes time. It takes a lot of mental energy. Yeah. But it sounds like you can, he can just get started now. Right. That's what's and, exciting about this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Sean, on that note, I don't need you to be focused for four and a half hours. Right. I need you to get lasered in over the stepping into the ball. But have some fun. Keep it light in between shots. Right, we're gonna start talking more and more. I'm going through the certification with mental golf type about how to leverage your own personality type to maintain your energy. We'll talk about that more as we go, but uh, it's a lot about maintaining energy, and so that's a big key too. Well, thank you, Sean. If you guys want to get your questions answered, email a voice note at allaboardatthepartrain.com, and we'd love to answer your question as well. I was thinking the other day, guys. I'd say. Over 95% of the things that tour pros use on a day-to-day basis, they either get for free or they're either paid to use it. Now, this is why it's this is so exciting. This company I'm about to talk about, Bryson DeChambeau pays for out of his own pocket. Jordan Spieth pays for out of his own pocket. Kirk Cousins pays for out of his own pocket in the NFL. And I got a chance to go through this experience and test their new product too. So I could tell you how it's helping me but also, more importantly, how it could help you. They're called Neuropeak Pro. They're all about brain and breath performance. They, it's called Precision Breathing. And we actually did a podcast with their director of golf performance named Andy Matthews. Uh, he's the guy out on tour with all the guys every week. And if you want to go and listen to that episode, definitely go back and search for Neuropeak Pro, the par train. It'll pop right up. But they just launched this brand new product called the Intel Belt. And, you know, I've known these guys for years. And so this was really exciting. Uh, We've been talking for a while, and I think this is finally the right time for us to share this with you because Jordan Spieth calls this thing the scientific way to help you get out of fight or flight and get into the zone. So what is their Intel belt, and how does it work? Well, the Neuropeak Pro Intel belt is really the first of its kind. It's a real-time training device and mobile app designed to help unlock peak performance, that's something we all like, right, through better more intentional breathing. They call it precision breathing, again. So essentially, it's worn around your torso and you use the Neuropeak app and instructional guides to guide you through the training sessions and on-course application designed to help optimize our ability to respond to stress and unlock this zone-like performance. You know, that thing that we've been in before but we don't really know how to get there. Well, that's what's so exciting is this is a scientifically proven way to make sure that you're breathing in the correct way, okay? I've taught meditation at Uber when I worked there, and look, everyone says, I don't know how to do it. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Well, look, whether you wanna call it meditation or you just wanna do a three-minute breathing exercise to get into the zone before you play golf, like whatever works for you, but I just used it. I'm amazed in my first few tries. I did a standard meditation and three-minute breathing exercise, and I think it's kinda like training wheels to make sure I'm on the right track. So while I'm breathing, there's actually this moving graph that shows where my breath is and where it could be. 
So for all you guys working on your mental game, which is probably all of you if you're listening to the show, imagine how dangerous you could be if you had this secret weapon in your back pocket that no matter what's working for you that day, if you're feeling stressed or just off or feeling the pressure, you can go back to your breathing, but in a scientifically backed, proven way. Okay, so Andy and I were talking. He told me, and this was crazy, that most people breathe 15 to 18 breaths a minute. That's about three times faster than what the heart is designed to do and does in the zone. So it's actually supposed to be six breaths a minute, which is crazy. So I'm telling you guys, go to neuropeakpro.com, enter the code TRAIN, you'll get a free annual subscription to their dashboard, which basically just helps you dive into your performance in an even deeper way. And that's specifically and only for part train listeners. And I'm telling you guys, we don't just partner with anyone. I've turned down plenty of partnership inquiries. I only pick people that are proven in the industry that I'm genuinely interested in that I think you guys would love. And for anyone looking to like really take their performance to the next level, not just on the course, but just become a happier, more centered, calm human in life, go to neuropeakpro.com, enter the code TRAIN for a free annual subscription, get the Intel belt. And we can go through this together. I'm going to document my experience over these next couple months, and I'll continue to keep you guys updated. But I'm super excited to have them on board. Again, neuropeakpro.com. Enter the code TRAIN for a free annual subscription of their Dash. All right, guys. Let's get back to the show. All right. You want to go to Mexico? Let's do it. Okay. We're flying the train. We're getting an airborne train from Scotland, Australia, now Mexico. Here's Daniel. Hey guys, this is Daniel from Mexico. Big fan and longtime listener of the pod. Currently a six plus handicap, and I just recently shot par on my home course for the first time a couple of months ago. I'm at a point where it seems that nothing's worth it unless it's either lowering that six handicap or breaking par. So once a round's not going my way, everything seems to just derail because it's not getting me any closer to my goal. So I begin looking at my swing, working on my putting, whatever I can do to improve, and that inevitably shoots up my scores and handicap all over again while I adjust. Being that golf is an incredibly complex game of never-ending ups and downs, how do you keep a goal that you've set for yourself, be that a score or handicap, from getting in the way of a perfectly good round of golf? Sermon, do you mind if I start this one off? I feel pretty passionate about this one. Daniel, thank you for writing in. I think it's a great question. This is building off of what we just talked about with Sean, but in a different way. So this is something, a common trap that I think a lot of us fall into, right? Handicap can be very dangerous, I think. Because think about what Sean, or sorry, Daniel just said. Daniel just said he's a six handicap, which is what I am right now too. So I can can relate. And he just shot even par for the first time. So what Daniel just did is he tasted what his best could be. But the mistake that we make, very common one, and Brett McCabe talks about this with his tour pros a lot, sports psychologist, uh, by by the way, for John Rahm, number one player in the world. He talks about how a lot of times when we play our best, suddenly our expectations expect our best every time. So now Daniel had this moment where he's like, oh, I'm, I can be an even par shooter. If I did that once, I can certainly do it again. And now every time I play, it's about lowering that six to a five, to a four, to a three. Suddenly I want to be a scratch, right? 
And everything other than that feels like he's going backwards. Well, he said, and I quote, unless I shoot under par, I'm not really pleased. So now Daniel's expectations is beat his outlier, right? He's a six right. handicap. You shoot even par. By the way, let's review what a handicap means. It's your best 20 scores averaged together. So it should be difficult to shoot a 78, right? If you shoot a 78 on a par 72 course, that means you played well. Yeah, and we got to look at the course rating too. Yeah, let's look at the course rating, all that That's good stuff. That's really, yeah. Right. Yeah, but so think about that. He shot six shots better than his where he should be. If he plays well, his average is probably low 80s, right? Correct. So now building upon the power of expectations, he's now has a measuring stick that is way too high. Not saying I don't want you to be great, Daniel, and continue to, to play well. But clearly, if you sent this question, it seems to be getting in the way. And that's because you're putting yourself up an impossible expectation. So what we need to ask ourselves, Daniel, in my opinion, is what does it mean to be a six handicap to you? You know, I think a lot of times with these handicaps, I just shot an 89 last weekend. You think I'm excited to share that? No. No. You know, I just shot a 78 the week before. And I thought I'm on my way back, right? There's no such thing as I've made it or I've lost it. It's just these like in the moment decisions, feelings, how our body is, conditions. Like we just have off days. It's a hard game. So it's easy to feel like, oh, I don't really feel like a six handicap right now, you know? But yeah. We need to stop putting labels and tying ourselves to the labels and our self-worth to those labels. So, Daniel, I know it's difficult, but I bet you, Daniel, I, I'm going to make a bet to Daniel right here. I know he can't respond right now, but hopefully he'll send something in. I bet you, Daniel, that the day you shot even par, sounds like your best score ever, you weren't thinking about shooting even par. You, the goal wasn't to shoot even par that day, okay? So then if that's the case, which I'm assuming it is, we need to then remember, okay, well, if that approach of probably being more present, focusing on what I'm doing, helped me reach a level I've never reached, then why is it once I've reached that level, I can go to a different approach of expecting myself to be at that level and get there? It's, it, it's a ta entirely different approach even though it feels very small and so i i think this is something that a lot of people go through daniel it's not easy yep. i understand it but that's what makes it fun and great because it's not easy so what we need to do daniel is quote, figure Ed. yeah figure out like what worked that day you know, and how can we get Daniel focused on what he's doing instead of what it means and realize that he's yeah. the same person regardless of what he shoots and and go from there. You yeah, know? it's good, right? You're it doesn't we I say this a lot. You love it. It doesn't define you. It just reveals you for that day. That's it. But Ev, I'm, I love that because that's that's starting to you've got to figure out we got to daniel's got to figure out how to detach golf from his life a little bit and from my experience you know good players turn into very good players when they salvage those off days right 
when they figure out how to, what could be for Daniel an 83 or an 84, but it's a 79 or an 80, mm-hmm. right? How do you get to those moments? I liked being sometimes known as, boy, Cermak's a grinder, yeah. right? I mean, he did not have it today. He was hitting it everywhere, <laughs> but he was getting up and down from everywhere. Like he, he looked like, well, what did Cermak, what did he shoot? What did he shoot, 77? No, he shot 74, he shot 73, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, Daniel, that's, what you've got to be excited about, because as you know, Daniel, you're a good golfer, but you know that you have, we all have bad days. It's just yeah. going to happen. Or, you know, when you hit your driver, great last round, your driver's off. I would embrace trying to be, get a reputation to be known as the grinder. And the way that your handicap's going to come down is when you, when you don't feel like you have it that day, but you shoot 79 or 80 on your off day instead of 85 or 86. And then when you have it, you know, you're going to have that maybe shoot around par. But that's, that's the mind, sh- that's a mind um, shift, right? Like, oh my God, okay. I'm kind of missing it right today. Eh, this could be a little bit of a challenge. Well, let's find a way to stay calm, you know, stay excited about the idea that you might figure out, you know, how to salvage this round to be okay. Yeah. And instead of get, you know, it's always easy to get excited about those great rounds, but like, man, this could be the day where the wheels are not going to fall off. Yeah. And I'm going to rely and I'm going to rely on my short game. And you know what? Maybe I'm going to drop the driver out of the bag and I'm going to get the three wood out, you know, and just start putting in play and think about how to really understand course management. Because when you, when you, when you're not playing well, Daniel, you're not thinking, it sounds like you're not really thinking about course management. You're thinking about mechanics. You know, oh, I'm not driving my hips into the ball. Oh, not, you know, get my weight here with my putting or my strokes too long. So we got to get you to enjoy the, enjoy the grind a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's pretty fun and you'll be pretty accomplished. I felt such feelings of accomplishment. Evan, I know you have too. When you know, you just didn't have it. And I found a way to get it around and get it in the hole. Yeah. Because I understood that, you know what? Yeah. My body feels off today. Yeah, I didn't sleep great last night. Yeah, the course doesn't set up great for me. But I'm going to find a way to shoot a score, you know, that, you know, yeah. might surprise you. I think so. That's my thoughts. I love Daniel, it. I think Daniel would really benefit from last week's episode of the chipping away literally about the short game breakthrough because what a great way to free himself up on shots and refocus his energy on recovery. Like what you yeah. just did, sir, is basically what you just said is shift attention to like his best and achieving macro success. So let's use in macro in this case is full round score to like micro salvaging. Like I don't care where it goes. I don't care what you're feeling like find a way. You know, yeah. in every shot, be the grinder, give yourself the best chance every time to have a look at it. I don't care if it goes in, but give yourself looks, right? Maximize your chances and your looks and obsess over that. You know, like the fact that he said nothing seems worth it unless tells me Daniel's gotten pretty down on himself. And this is right. the trap we all fall into, right? Expectations. We did a video on this. Expectations go down. We seem to play well. Once we right. play well, expectations go up. We don't play as well. It's a constant seesaw. 
That's right. easy though. How can you do the hard stuff, which is well, and to- totally. Evan. And I'm just thinking of Tiger for a second. You know what he was so proud of? Maybe the most proud of was his consecutive cut streak. Mm. This is the greatest player we've ever Maybe seen. Maybe one of the best records in sports. Who's won 15 majors. But listening to him all those years. That's a great point. Talking about what I did to grind it out, to not throw in the towel, to not lose my focus when I know I don't have it. Mm. Those were his favorite moments. And Daniel, we're, not, we're never going to be Tiger. But it's that mindset. Just he knows he maybe just doesn't feel right today. But I'm going to double down on course management, staying calm, staying focused to find a way. And he, and you, you're going to become Daniel. You're going to become known as the grinder, and you're going to become known as the guy who doesn't let those wheels fall off. So I don't know. Mm. That's my. I just had to share that. That's, that's a great point. I'm going to make that a post or a tweet today because that's <laughs> a that I just heard another podcast say like that's one of the best records in sports. Yeah. Because like it's the hardest game to go. What is a couple hundred? It's 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 a it's an insane stat. Find okay. it. We'll have to find it. Yeah. Um, but how cool is that? Like, I bet you you're right, sir. I bet you he's almost as proud about that as he is 15 majors. You know, and that's 100%. a great thing for Daniel to remember is lean into the cut, cut making the cut on every hole. Right. You know, yeah. Instead of shooting your best round and make winning majors right. like just grind and survive yeah there's something know? about walking off the course daniel knowing you didn't you're a little off that day but i found a way mm-hmm. i let I, I allowed myself to find a way so daniel yeah. this is great we got to hear more from you as the season goes on this is exciting so yeah. all right love that love now it. oh the last thing i'll say really quick is i just heard rick sessinghouse say this on a podcast uh colin markow's coach we've had him on the show love rick. listen to that episode definitely do one thing he he says he talks to Colin about is to use affirmations like I am the kind of golfer that and then enter in a positive statement. So instead of I'm the kind of golfer that shits the bed, I'm the kind of golfer that struggles with OB right. I'm the kind of golfer that struggles in bad conditions, you know, like we talked about with Paul. You put in something that says I'm the kind of golfer that can get up and down from anywhere. I'm the kind of golfer that doesn't give up. I'm the kind of golfer that loves the grind. And yeah. I know it might sound crazy, but I'm telling you, that type of self-talk makes a huge difference and gives you a better chance. And Bob Bertella said it. You think telling yourself the opposite is going to help you? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly doesn't help. Golf's hard enough. Okay? We're not pros. Say, telling yourself you're, you suck and that it's not worth it, you know, it, yep. it's certainly not going to help, Daniel. So clearly... Uh, I can f- I can hear it in your voice that it's it's not fun, it feels painful. There's shame there. Trust me, as a co-host of this podcast, you think I like when I shoot a high score, and I feel like a hypocrite because I'm not, you know, playing lights out golf and I'm talking about it every week. Of course, but I'm a human being, and it's a hard game, you know. So let's be a little less hard on ourselves, and let's focus on stuff that helps. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. Keep us posted on how you're doing. We'd love to follow up. Okay. If you guys want to get your answers, uh, your questions answered, email us at allaboard at thepartrain.com. Send us a voice note, and we'll answer yours as well. Last one. Yeah. I didn't get a name on this, but this is a, a, a fun one to round it out. You ready? And we're, sta- and we're stateside here. Yeah, this is the states. Question for the mental mailbag. 
how to focus on the days where you just feel off or like you don't have it. You want to be at the course, you want to be playing or practicing, but you just can't, just can't seem to get into it. Thanks for any help. I think we've all felt this. I'll say this. If yeah. you're feeling off that day, and we all do, you know, we're humans. So some days we feel good, some days we feel off. Sometimes there's no reason for it. There's just something a little off. If you spend the entire round trying to feel on or putting yourself down for feeling off, that's to me a really hard day. Okay. So it's almost like being in 25 mile per hour wind and saying and thinking, God, I really wish we had calm conditions today. Yeah. You know, just wishing for calm conditions all day, all day. Again, might feel true to you. It might be what you're feeling, but in the moment, there was a reason he's asking this question. doesn't sound like it's helping, okay? So in those moments, it's almost like what we just talked about with Tiger. Let's get excited about having our C game. Let's get excited about not having the will or not feeling 100% because that's the stuff that's difficult. That's the stuff I think you're going to feel most proud of at the end of the day by salvaging something together. It's like a workout, sir. Some days you wake yeah. up, last thing you want to do is a workout. 100%. But usually what happens in the middle of a workout? You start to feel a little lively. You get a second wind. And what happens every time after the workout? You're really glad you did it. Yeah. Right? So I will say this is no different. How can you do your best with what you got that day? That's what the tour pros do every week. We've talked to so many sports psychologists on tour. That is what their job is, really. Like their A game, I think Brett told us what, 15, 20%, maybe 10% yep. of the time is their A game. Yep. They're playing with their B, C game the majority of the time. The practice that they do for a living is how to get the best out of what they have that day. So instead of getting down on ourselves that we don't feel A+, plus, that we don't have our A game, that we don't have the best attitude or energy level that day, that's the challenge. That's the, the stuff that's going to make you feel good at the end of the day. So give it your best with what you got and think about from a strategy standpoint, okay, Sarm, if I don't really feel like I got it and I just can't focus, like how can I make it easier on myself? You know, Maybe that's the day I pick the fattest part of the fairway and I pick the fattest part of the green and I just try and give myself two puts, two putt looks at par, you know, yeah. and I try and salvage something. I think it's great. I've, I, I'm trying to understand from Mr. USA, you know, this is where we got to continue the conversation is why we're not in a good headspace that day Yeah. or what is it? And I would say oftentimes weather has a lot to do with that. Right. Whether it's cold, whether it's windy, whether it's rainy. Um, I would say another thing, it's a golf course you don't particularly like. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes maybe it just doesn't set up well for you. So it's kind of in your head while you're not in it because, you know, on a nice sunny day, you know, on a Saturday morning, you know, I think everybody, we're all, all of us golfers are pretty excited to, to be there. So, but those things that I mentioned are just part of the game and part of our process. So, you know, you got to create little goals for yourself. That's what I was kind of thinking of. Mm. Like, what can I win at today? 
Hmm. You know, I like that. Well, you know what? And what am I? What? What's going to maybe stand out today? And if you're not feeling it's your driver, maybe it's going to be your putter. You know, maybe it's going to be here to sound like our <laughs> buddy CPG Club Pro guy. Maybe it's your recovery game, your punch out game, right? <laughs> like, what am I going to? What am, I'm going to find some wins today because you're already feeling like you've lost, right? You're already feeling like it's just not going to be good. So. I would have fun with thinking about what can I win it today? I mean, cause it comes down to how can I make things more simple, right? Because your mind's convoluted. Um, you already feel like you're against the eight ball. So you may just have to dumb it down for yourself. You know, Rick Sessinghouse talks about on the first hole, you know, make it an easy swing. Hold cause if you're already, right. You know, stick your finish, maybe take out less club just to get some good vibes. You've got to go find good vibes, Right. And there's nothing better than finding those vibes early in the round. So, you know, maybe those first couple holes, you know, off the tee, you're just trying to put it in play. And that might be sacrificing yardage, but put it in play, make a easier swing just because you have a five iron in instead of a seven or an eight iron. What does that mean? That's okay. Yeah. You know, so I really think, I really think the first, the first couple holes, you know, you know, like I said, we don't, it doesn't define your round. You can always come back. But I think when you're not feeling it and you got to try to find a way to feel it, really make it simple on those first couple holes. I love it. And also, sir, I've told some of the guys I coached this, like at the end of the day, the goal for each day is to hit one or two shots exactly how you want it. Like right. get, get your best perfect shot. And the rest is gravy, you know? Yeah. And I want you to tell me after the round, talk to me about that one shot that you hit perfectly, you know? And maybe that's his goal for the day. Get one. Right. Right. Because Mr. USA, it sounded like he just, <laughs> no fun. Like there's those days, just, I'm not going to really, it's going to hard for me to have fun. Well, what are the other things, right? We talk about how to distract yourselves and find a way to have fun out there. You know, you know, crank up the music, you know, have mm -hmm. a cocktail, you know, talk about your weekend with your buddies in between shots, like focus on their games. Yeah. You know, you know have ask them about them. them. Right. Like be less focused on you. Yeah. Just, you know, find a way to enjoy your, you know, the company that you're in and, and maybe you're playing with some random guys you got paired up with, but assuming they want to talk, talk to them, you know, because you're you have when you don't when you don't feel like you're in it and you don't feel like you can stay focused and you don't like the course or whatever it is you're gonna have to find ways <laughs> to get your mood up yeah and when your mood is good and and you know happy and positive enough that's gonna help your game right because how much does it stink have on those first couple of holes you don't like the course it's really cold out and then you're waiting on a shot right mm -hmm. and it's easy to get frustrated about that we've talked about like you got to find ways to distract yourself so just i would say just be more aware of those things yeah and you it's might also, then find yourself getting into the day and actually right. you know you wish you had another 18 to play right well it's easy to get down <laughs> on ourselves, right because a lot of us golfers i mean this is the highlight of our week right you know so it's easy to get down on yourself if you've waited all week to play and then you wake up and for whatever reason you can't put your finger on it you just don't want to be there you know and maybe you didn't sleep well maybe you're just a little tired or maybe you got stuff going on in your life that you just, your mind isn't there, you know? Yeah. That's okay. 
if you're spending the whole round being down on yourself for that, it's not going to help. So let's refocus you on something that will. And that's playing with what you got. Right. And Ev, I'm out at the course. Yeah. Embrace <laughs> like, it. We've got admire your surroundings. We've all got nine to five jobs, right? Yeah. Like, and I found myself like, you know, beating myself up on a couple holes, hitting that. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Life could be a lot worse. Yeah. It's hard to remind ourselves sometimes that sounds really simple. Sounds really cliche, but we get so obsessed with our golf games and our results and, and what we need to do. We don't need to do anything. Just like, sometimes we need to tell ourselves, my God, I'm drinking a transfusion. I got the music up. Yeah. It's a little cold, a little windy. Yeah. The course kind of stinks. This is a great thing. (laughs) Yeah. This is a great thing. I mean, we posted, we posted on Instagram, like, I hate to get deep, but. There's people in bomb shelters right now, you know, in Ukraine. And it's like, if you're playing golf, you're lucky. Right. Just bottom line. So I I know that in in times of not feeling right, feeling grateful seems like a really far reach. But find something you can be a little bit more grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and lead into other people. Help them. Focus on them. At the end of the day, golf's not that important, even though it feels like it can be. So, yeah. all right. Well, that was a great mental game mailbag. Again, if you guys want to get your questions answered, email us at all aboard at the Email us a voice note and we'll do our best to answer all of them as we get them. And, uh, yeah, if you guys have got any value from this show, we love getting your messages on Instagram. Oh yeah. And TikTok and Twitter. Uh, Although what really would help us out is more and more Apple podcast reviews. Uh, We want your stories to inspire others. And we want this show to keep getting bigger and impact more people to enjoy the ride more. And I think this episode was a perfect example of that. Um, So we appreciate your support. We appreciate the reviews. Give us a follow at the par train. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are the best three places to find us. We're posting content every day that is not talked about on this show. And um, if you like the show, you're going to love the Instagram. It's usually the other way around. Yeah. So people love the Instagram and are shaving strokes off their game and then find out we have a podcast and start right. binging all of our episodes. So and, if you're the opposite, yeah. and check Adam, it out. Before we sign off, guys, for those who you know didn't call in but are listening to this episode, if you've got things that have helped you about, around these topics, shoot us notes, shoot us messages. Like we mm-hmm. want to. So we can, you know, talk to the crew that called in and we can kind of brainstorm. So yep. keep the conversation going. It's a community. So, Serm, whether you're playing in 25 mile per wind, whether you can't get out of your own way looking at your scorecard, whether nothing seems worth it unless you're shooting below your handicap, or whether you just feel off that day, what do they got to do? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care.